It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to the NRL Fantasy Amateurs Podcast. Ryan, it's episode three of our uh, pre-season team list, you know, analysis type episodes mate it's, it's been a while since our last episode i hope you've been keeping well and haven't gotten into too much trouble since we spoke last <laughs> no mate yeah don't take care of myself absolutely it's uh it's a, a lot's happened you know it's who could have predicted all that stuff that happened the last time between now and the last time we spoke mate, the world is a crazy place <laughs> anyway um, so we've got two more teams to do today, Gold Coast Titans, Manly Seagulls. Um, we start off with the Gold Coast Titans where um, the uh, the king of <laughs> – what's the stadium down there at the Titans? What's it called? Oh, what's Seabus? The king of Seabus Super Stadium, Jaden Campbell, uh, fullback predicted for us and for NRL.com week one. Uh, 550k, 44 break even, absolutely zero discount on his uh, scoring last year, and um, yeah, pretty tough start to the season with the Storm twice, Roosters and Manly. Uh, five tries in six games, 4.3 tackle busts, so big, uh, big nerf there for him. Easy stay away. What do you think? Yeah, no, he's uh, he's he's one that's probably going to lure a, a lot of people in, but yeah, he's he's definitely uh, a no go to yeah. start the year. One for the casuals, not one for the sharps like us, mate. <laughs> All right. Uh, wingers, Corey Thompson, Greg Marju, both uh, priced uh, exactly where they were at last year. No obvious changes to their pricing, so we'll just let them go through to the keeper. Same with Patrick Herbert. Uh, Brian Kelly, uh, we spoke about him on the podcast last year, started with him, he got injured, and then I got him back, and he was kind of pretty good. But second half of the year, Mate, he was in the mid-40s for his final 10 games, average of 43.2, comes in priced at 38. He's in the same price bracket as your uh, Tomoko, Braden Burns type guys we've already discussed. Uh, I, I, there's nothing that could make you want to get Brian Kelly with them. No, I, I, unlike Braden Burns, I, I, he does have a better job security than Braden Burns, but he doesn't nearly have the scoring upside that Burns has. I don't think yeah. he's. Yeah, he's, well, he's, he's and he's also away. about fifty grand more. He's the most expensive of the guys in this price bracket. Uh, mm. Just yeah, big no for me. I reckon AJ Brimson is one of the halves. So he's moving from fullback to the halves to accommodate. Uh, Jaden Campbell, and, I mean, obviously he's going to be probably not very fantasy relevant there unless he manages to lose a bunch of money priced at 40 already, though. So, yeah, big uh, big no from me there. But his halves partner, partner Tony, Toby Sexton's one that I've been really, really interested in in this offseason. I've been sort of flip-flopping him and, and Matt Burton since we, we spoke about Burton on the Bulldogs pod, pod, podcast all that time ago. Uh, but, um, mate, to... Before I start talking about Sexton, what's your read on him? Um, I, my read before the uh, kick meter changes was that he was one definitely you're going to have to take a look at, um, you know, especially partner with AJ Brimson. You have to think he's going to be doing damn near all the kicking. Um, I, I can't mm. imagine Brimson eating too much into it. Like maybe he gets, say, 80 to 100 metres a game. I can't imagine it's more than that, though. Like you have to think Sexton's going to be getting at least 300 metres a game. Um yep. 
yeah it's it's just the the price point i suppose that's uh putting me off a little bit you know six hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. um break even a 48 you know last year he averaged 59 i'm not too sure what that um adjusts to now i think you've done it it's not a huge it's not a huge reduction because his kick meters were only 230 kick meters okay so you have to think he's going to go up to 300 and something which will sort of level it out at about the same amount of points in kick meters and it was i thought everyone was making out like he scored a bunch of points and stuff it was 2.8 goals in one try in four games like it wasn't you know, it was 25% try scoring rally. It was nothing ridiculous. Like, that's what Mitch Pierce gets, or got, I should say. Um, but, I mean, the the big thing is he was averaging 23 tackles per game across those four games, where, you know, a typical half is 16, 17, somewhere in there. So, I mean, but either I've in my projections, I've bumped him down to 20. Maybe he's one of those guys that just goes out of his way to make tackles. I mean, clearly does a lot of tackles, um, so it's not unheard of for a half to do about 20 tackles just having a look at what Cleary's numbers was 19 from last year so I mean and they were they were basically standing behind the the tee while he kicked it the whole season so I mean it's 20 is not an unrealistic number uh but um yeah I really like Sexton I just I can't quite fit him in like because I'm you know, unfortunately I'm having to spend money on guys who I I think are going to score worse than him at the same price point, but in a position that I need more. Mm. So, like, you know, I'm going for, like, a guy like, say, Christian Welch, who we'll, we'll speak about when we get to the Storm. I've got him, and I think Sexton's comfortably going to outscore him, but I need mids at, and that they're about the same price. I'm like, I can't fit them all in. Mm. So, yeah, it's just a bit frustrating more than anything. I really want to start with him, but, I, I, like, I'm just, you know, I think him and Burton probably have about the same sort of scoring this year is Burton having the jewel there is, is super-duper helpful. Mm. Yeah, like getting a 55 average from a centre is much, is, you know, something you'd die for over, you know, say a 55 average mm. from a half that you can get from just about, you know, any solid half. Yeah. But, yeah, because I see you've got Sexton projected for about a you know, 54, 55 average. Yeah, well, that's what I think. And I've got Burton for about the same. So, But, mm. I mean, you know, like, you know, I could go like, but like, you know, I'm, I've got Jack Bird sitting in my team and I've got Burton sitting in my halves at the moment. Like I could try scrape 65 grand together and do that upgrade to get six or seven points. But like, where am I going to take, you know, I've, I've, I don't have that much in the kitty. So like, I'm, you know, maybe I'm taking, you know, I'm dropping Welch to a Reuben Cotter or something like that, where I feel a lot less secure about what Reuben's minutes are going to be and stuff like that to, to fund that, you know, maybe it's not worth. I don't know. So yeah, <clears throat> I like all these things when you're building your team preseason, you got to sort of look at, at your trade-offs that you're making. So, I mean, yeah, Sexton is, um, you know, he looks like, you know, he, he looked really, really good last year. You know, he passed the eye test. And, I mean, he's going to be playing in the same team as Dave Vafita, Tino, Mo Fodawega. So, I mean, there's going to be – and Jaden Campbell and Brimson are going to be so much of a defensive – a threat from the defensive side of the ball that, you know, he should just be able to, to pick them apart with those two weapons – outside him and you know guys like Marju and and Kelly and Corey Thompson like I mean they're the shortest back line in the history of the NRL but <laughs> from a from a like just sheer power and try scoring ability that that crew of guys is is just ridiculous so it'll be interesting to see how it all sort of comes together but yeah I, I'm really hoping that I find somewhere to save some money so I can squeeze him in because I do I do want him and I think he'd be a great one to have through 
till after Origin when you turn him into a DCE or something like that. And and you know, it might only be five points between those two players. You might even not not even bother. Mm. So yeah, be interesting to see. But I'm yeah, I'm a big I'm a big Toby Sexton guy. I really want him. I, I like we've got the naysayers. Same with Burton and, and Hines. We've got the oh yeah. You know, it was a small sample, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it, you can only predict on what you got. And, you know, I know what I saw. And you got, you know, you guys know what you saw. So, anyway, uh, speaking of uh, massive attacking stats, uh, David Fafita and, uh, to a lesser extent, both Furmore for the back row here. Um, um, I want to see what they've got. Do they have Furmore? No, no. So they've got Proctor starting and Furmore on the bench, but same, same. Uh, so, I mean, Ryan, Dave Fafita is, was, you know, one that was awesome. And I, I mean, last year he started the year just absolutely. He was the only reason that I was within spitting distance of any team that had Cleary was because I had my captaincy on Fafita. Um, which Fafita are we going to see in 2022? <sighs> I mean, I, I saw an article for today from the uh, from the Titans that you know they were talking about um, you know for, like Fafita was saying like how great it is that he's actually had a full uh, preseason for once because he's basically you know hasn't had one for the last couple of years. Um, you know he's either been injured or um, slumming it with Chappelle Corby in a Bali jail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got me off guard with that, mate. Good job. <laughs> but no, he seems like he's. Uh, if, if he's starting and, you know, we can get that wrecking ball for feeder, like, like I put in my write-up on the website, he's he's a candidate for one of the best players in the game, if not the best fantasy player in the game at times when he's on and he's, you know, he's really trying. It, it, the problem for me with Fafita is that, like, last year he just had a big tendency to go missing at times. Like, when his team really needed him, um, he wasn't doing any hard yards. And, and I think a lot of teams were also targeting him too, like, you know, really muscling up on him. Um you know, the Titans don't have the hardest run to start the season. They've got, what, the Eels, Warriors, Raiders, Tigers, and Eels again. Um, you know, that, that's that's not a murderer's row. Like, it's not uh, it's not cupcakes. Like, they're all professional teams, but uh, it's not a murderer's row either. So, I mean, there is a chance he gets off to a hot start. Yeah. So, apparently, he says he hurt. So, for feeder, he has got a – I'm just reading a thing. He's saying he, he was uh, – he injured his ribs in round 21 against the Cowboys uh, and he was having four pain-killing injections to get him through. Yeah, but prior to that, so 66.6 average, which is, you know, a lot still. Um, 2, 3, 5, 10, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 21 games. So 1,399 points. Minus 26, 30, 73, and 59 divided by 17. So that average prior to the injury was 71 points. Mm. Uh, and then after it, it was obviously much less than that because he ended up at 66. So it, that maybe there is something to that. And, you know, there's a mark, you know, he played 50, but he played 57 and 57 minutes the two weeks before that. So maybe that's BS. I don't know. But he also got, he averaged, you know, was 73 points in the two games before that, even though he only played an average of 57 minutes. So, I mean, there's nothing that says that he can't do that, but, you know, maybe he did go missing. Because I remember that Rabbitohs game, we were screaming at him because he was only made 77 and then 61 metres 
So those the last four games, he only went over 100 metres one time after that injury. Mm. Yeah, and, maybe just, you know, avoiding that contact, like not going looking for it because of that injury. Like yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the, the question comes back to with so many good edge options, you know, Wade Graham, Faitala Mariner that we spoke about and a bunch of other guys that we will discuss, he's another guy in that edge position, you know, more expensive than Payne Haas. But I think... At Payne Haas's best, Payne Haas's best case scenario average this year is 65. Fafita could be 75 or 70. But I mean, the tackle bus is another thing. Like, he obviously, 7.1 tackle bus per game is a lot and 2.1 offload. So I think he probably gets a three or four point nerf, which takes him down to 67. You know, it's still 15 points short of Nathan Cleary. Hmm as a captaincy option even, and then you always worry that he's going to be benched or, you know, come up with some other reason why he's been playing bad. You know, like the, you know, that you're, you're like those players that always come up with a reason why they were out of form, but they've been for like seven years in a row. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's never, the, it's never oh, their fault. Oh, yeah, it was this injury. Yeah, it's never my, oh, I didn't get a preset. Oh, and then you got other guys like Tom Trevojevic was coming off 19,000 hamstring injuries and came out and ripped the NRL to shreds, you know. So don't tell me, don't tell me you needed a bloody you know, a break or you're having some whatever issues, you know, just, you know, if, if you want to do it, you can do it. So, and, yeah, I think he's he's one. He's just a bit expensive, but he'll be one that will obviously be looking to get late season if he goes back to the 70-something average for feeder that we know. Uh, but, I mean, this forward pack overall and this Titans team actually overall outside of Sexton's pretty bleak. Um, I mean, Isaac Liu comes in, he'll take a prop or lock and Tino will play the other one uh, with Moyaki Fotoeka, who's somebody that I am kind of a little bit interested in uh, because he, you know, he did average in the mid fifties when he played that 50 to 60 minute role last year. Uh, I guess the issue is you got Wallace, Jolliffe and, you know, two other big minute middle forwards, you know, we're probably not mucking around with Fotoeka at, 613k and a 49 break even are we no i mean he's one you'd love to have in your side like um when was it like was it 2019 when he was no 2020 when he was a absolute wrecking ball there for a bit um Mm. you know where he's scoring 60s just about every single week um yeah he's one you'd love to have in your team but just with like tino there and like all these guys playing big minutes it's just it's hard to have him in yeah no, nah, there's not a lot of trust there. I need to see some, you know, and I mean, he started, he had a really nice little purple patch there, 94, 70, 35, and then 67 um, through Origin somehow, and then, but then came out of Origin 41, 42, 35, 26, 40, 46, and would have really killed you there. So I think, um, yeah, I think we can just let him go through to the keeper. And uh, I mean, the the one to watch here through the trials and, and Teamless Tuesday is going to be the hooker position, I think. They've got... Uh, Aaron Booth come in, but he's actually not on a top 30 deal and not in the fantasy game at the moment. Uh, so you have to imagine that as it stands, Aaron Clark, you know, they've definitely got a spot open, but they don't really have any other hookers on the on the roster. You know, Mitch Rain's gone uh, unless they're planning on using Will Smith or um, – What's his other, the other guy's name? Uh, T- uh, Tanner Boyd, more in the hooker role. But, I mean, they've no. specifically got Will Smith at 240K there. Um, they're, they're just waiting for um, for Cam to come back, Matt. 
<laughs> One loss ride. Right. Yeah, 412. Uh, Aaron Clark, so he's at 412, uh, which gives him a break-even of 33. His average starting at hook is 38 and a half, but I think uh, if he was to get 65 minutes, uh, that's about his value point. So mm. I guess it comes back to who do you trust more, Tom Starling or Aaron Clark? <laughs> Yeah, I'll take the guy that's dynamic out of dummy half and yeah, not not, yeah. Uh, not the other one. But w- with the fact that they average the same over the same amount of minutes or similar amount of minutes incline, you'd think that maybe there's not that much different and it's just we're not seeing something, you know, maybe Starling misses more tackles or something. Well, I mean, I'm looking at like Clark. Like he doesn't have that many like actual hooker starts. He's what played six games where he started a hooker. Um, if you just look at like his, you know, if he was to say get sixty minutes a game, like that puts him down for like a thirty-five point average. Um, it, it that doesn't really strike me as someone I need to be, yeah, you know, paying to get. Now you also you're looking at a six-game sample size just from twenty twenty-one where he played Storm, Storm, Roosters, Seagulls, Raiders, and Eels. So no teams in the bottom eight there. They're all top eight teams and. Three sure. games against the, yeah, three games against the top two sides or top two of the top three sides for most of the year. So, I mean, it's a bit rough to be judging him on that. I'm assuming that Seagulls game, he would have spent a fair bit of time standing behind the goalposts as well. So, I mean, he has, his defensive workload's actually quite good here, uh, particularly that 53 in 80 minutes. I'd love to see him get 65, 70 and Will Smith just play that 10 minute interchange role. But I, th- I, I the short answer is I think I trust Tom Starling more. <laughs> That's the long way to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, I gotta, I, I gotta represent, you know, the still man, the all, other side, all, all facets of the of the argument, mate. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was I accused for being too bloody biased to the guys that I like and not exploring the other options. So, got to, uh, you know, got to appeal to both sides and, and make sure I'm not missing something. You know, we we can't have player goggles on. We've got to be open to new things, right? I'm just, you know, like thinking about like the eye test, like as well. Like uh, I know that that's very subjective, but if, based on what I've seen, he doesn't really strike me as someone that's, um, uh, you know, a dynamic player. Like you, if you're buying him, you're getting him because you're hoping for an, like an 80 minute defensive workload. And I don't know, that just doesn't really strike me as a as a great option from someone I don't see playing 80 minutes. Yeah, no, nah, I'm 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 with you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just fleshing it out, mate. So, <laughs> and on on that note, because the Titans are so fantasy irrelevant for round one, outside of uh, Toby Sexton, I think we'll move on to the Manly Sea Eagles. So, uh, mate, uh, round one, we're expecting uh, Tom Draboyevic to be the bench utility and Dylan Walker to be the fullback. Is it? That's <laughs> no. Nah, all right. Okay. Actually, well, we'll... No. I had uh, Brad Parker at fullback. Yeah. Oh, mate. Oh, well, that makes a lot more sense. Well, that's only because Brendan Elliott's gone, I think. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Nah, so, obviously, we've got Big Tommy. Uh, he's coming off his career season, best, you know, arguably one of the better fullback seasons, if not the best fullback season of all time, I have to say. A 1.6 tries per game on average, just absolute monstrous. Um it's just, yeah, it was ridiculous. The whole thing was ridiculous. Um, now, he's probably one of the ones that's impacted the most by the 
um, the no more penalties inside the 40 type thing because, I mean, obviously he was scoring a lot of his stuff from attacking stats, which, you know, fullbacks tend to do. Um, but, um, I mean, $1 million on the dot, uh, 83.8 average last year, 25 tries, 15 games, 80 break even this year. Um, now he projects to be a high 70s scorer with the new tackle bus. So he's going to cop about six and a half point reduction, but he's going to get a bit of that back in the escape from in goals and, and offloads. Um, but not probably not the whole thing. Um, Tom Trevojevic, Ryan, Any, if, if Cleary's not fit for round one, would you go for Tom? Oh, I, I feel like I'm at risk of repeating the mistake we made with Cleary last year because I would lean no. I would lean um, for a fullback to repeat that type of attacking effort, especially when they're trying to, like, roll the rules back, um, you know, like with this yeah. set restart 50% stuff. 50% backwards between 2021 and 2020. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, for yeah. for them trying to roll back like the attacking, uh, over, like the overpoweredness of attacking play last year. Um, yeah, it, it 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 find I find it hard to believe that he's going to be able to keep that um, try scoring rate. But I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if someone of his class. I just yeah, I, I just can't pay yeah. one million dollars to find out. No, yeah, you're paying twelve percent of your salary cap or something like that. It's uh it is a lot of money. You know referring back to our early strength of schedule analysis as well, I do want to go back and have a look at this. So Trebojevic's average was significantly higher against bottom teams uh and mainly have the second toughest schedule of any team to open the year outside of the Bulldogs. Hmm. So um <laughs> I think I'm expecting them that he's going to probably open up the season with a 70 average. Yeah, they've got the Panthers and Roosters in the first two weeks of the year and then they run into the Bulldogs after that, which might uh, even it out. But, yeah, those first two weeks, they aren't ideal. Yeah, no. And then – but then I think – but, like, we've got the Bulldogs being better and then the Raiders should be sort of in their groove by then and then they come up against – so they don't play any teams that we've got projected for the bottom four is or the mm. bottom six is it's all top six or middle like middle ladder teams and nobody that's that we've got in the bottom that's 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 the, the why um, so bulldogs have more games against the tougher teams but then the the mainly have like they play a bottom team whereas I think they play week one they play the cowboys that's where the bulldogs get there sadly unfortunately for the cowboys. <laughs> But yeah, no. So I think, um, yeah, I, I don't think he's as necessary. I think he could get away with cheaping out and going to Payne Haas if Cleary doesn't go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that probably only costs you early season six or seven doubled, but it's two hundred and twenty k you can spend else, elsewhere. Mind you, it's it's sort of a cheap upgrade from if from a million to one point zero five a couple of weeks in if if Turbo slows a little bit, but. You know, eighty break even things go hairy pretty fast if if you know he, he gets two fifties in a row or something like that. You know, mm. yeah. yeah. So you know, teams never really click in week one. So yeah, definitely, I, I like I love Tom. Definitely want him in my final team. You know, if someone said to me he was eight hundred k, I'd start with him straight away. I'm the I'm the turbo guy. So yeah, I just yeah week one. Don't think I can get there. 
for him. Um, now, obviously, we're going to run with Ruben Garrick on one wing, Jason Saab on the other. Neither of them are going to be fantasy relevant. Ruben Garrick, obviously, very good last year, but very expensive now. Brad Parker, Morgan Harper in the centres, nothing ha- happening there. Um, Kieran Foran ideally will retire at some point in the middle of this year to allow Schuster to move into the half so we can get Andrew Davey. <laughs> uh, but um, Daily Cherry Evans is obviously the next player of note here. Um, he doesn't lose. He loses about eight points a game between the kick meters and the tackle bus nerf. So okay. going from a 71 down to a 63, 64, uh, which is still, you know, a top 10 option at least in draft. Um, but I mean, at what is he, 700 and, or 822? So he's more than Payne Haas. Uh, I, I think, I don't think I'd be done with Cherry Evans, particularly considering the, the quality of the halves there. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think you can really make a case to start with Cherry Evans to start the year. Um, he's definitely yeah. an end of season keeper and a, and a, a top draft pick. But yeah, for classic, yeah. I, I just don't think you can start with him. Yep, no. Oh, well, that'll be good for your draft rankings you're going to do, Ryan. You plug him in and, yes. and let us know where he ends up. So, <laughs> mate, uh, the back rowers, Josh Schuster, uh, ideally half, and then Andrew Davey will come in. But I think they're going to have to start with Schuster and Hamole Olakowatu as their back rowers. Now, mate, I was really excited about Olakowatu. I found he was going to be one of my, you know, one for the Sharps. And that bloody, they've obviously the NRL and Fan Hub have been reading our website because they've, uh, given him uh, just a huge bloody, uh, like a, I think his break even's 51 or something like that, even though he only averaged 46.9 last year. Uh, it's really rude, actually. Uh, I yeah, thought, what, what, um, what, have they, what have they done to you? I don't know, mate. And, and like, you know, so, yeah, so they, 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 they gave him a 3.5 nerf on the tackle bus on top of his B being three points above his 2021 20, season average. Just, they, they just st- don't they like they, all. <laughs> they don't like manly players, mate. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, and you know they they prattle on about wanting to like make sure that everybody doesn't start with the same players. Oliko Artu would have been one that nobody would have thought about starting with because he was already six hundred grand or whatever. Like you know, he, no one would have seen him uh, aside from all of our loyal amateur followers. But buddy, yeah, they've just nerfed him, jerks. I actually wrote jerks in his analysis on the website today too, because <laughs> I got so upset about it. Uh, obviously no value in Schuster. He had a big year last year, and, and that's where he's he's gone until further notice for a fantasy perspective now. Uh, Jake Trebojevic, 651K, though, 51 break even. About the same. So he only averaged 48.9 last year, but for some reason they found it important to make him even less likable from a fantasy perspective and rounded his price up to 51. Uh, he did average six less tackles last year than his entire career previous to that in the same amount of minutes. So... Uh, he's not impacted at all by the tackle bust rule, obviously. Um, you know, he averages like one tackle bust a game, but then half an offload, so they kind of offset each other. Uh, there would have been some value, I think, at 48.9 in in the same sort of the 580 price bracket, like the one that Welch is in, somewhere in there. But, you know, at 51, career average 55, not worth paying that 650K to find out, I don't think. No, I'm sure Rob, our intern, will start with him. But other than that, I, I don't think anyone else could. <laughs> no, mate. No, I think Rob just copies my team when I post it in the group anyway. So. 
You forgot about that, didn't you? Oh, I did, yeah. yeah. We never forget, Rob. We never forget, mate. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Jerbo would have been a really interesting one in the high 500s, but at, at mid-sixes, he's a no from me. Uh, same with Marty Tepeal. Uh, he's just going to – we're just going to look at him in wonder and, and admire from the sidelines, I think, on him. Um, yeah. Same with everybody else in this Manly team. Mar- Marty's just one we need to mention on a fantasy podcast, so we don't really have anything oh. to say about him. He's, he's not a buy, yeah. but we definitely – we can't no. go an episode of, with Manly and not mention Marty Tepeal. Yeah. Just Yeah, mate. If, if I just glossed over his name and didn't mention it at all, there'd be riots in the streets. I'll tell you what, though. Someone who's not going to benefit from the bloody uh, offload to hand, it'll be Marty Tepeal. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it offload. Straight out the him. back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mate. And uh, so obviously the best thing here, I don't have any manly players in my team at the moment and it's not looking like there's going to be any of them getting even close. Uh, I really want to see Andrew Davey uh, come back and, and do good things after last year, but we'd need something to happen to Kieran Foran or I guess or Cherry Evans um, because we, we need him in that back row spot. So... I mean, unless they decide to put Holo Kawatu back into the thing, but they they made the they they didn't play the grand final, they played the semifinal. Um, yeah. But like they made they made the semifinals with him there, and and he looked really he was one of their better players in the back half of the year. I can't see why they'd move him. So, but you know, sometimes good things happen, but um, more often than not, these coaches hate our fantasy team, and and he won't play that. So, <laughs> mate, is there anything else you want to talk about for Manly before we sign off? Just, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, you're not the only one with basically no Manly players. I was just looking at the ownership and other than Turbo is at 26%. They're all um, below 5% for the most part. All these, none of these guys are really cracking any teams. Um, like yeah. Schuster's is the next best, I think, at about 6%. And yeah, it's, wow. that's about it. And that's just 100% trading on name value too. Mm, 100%. Yeah, like yeah. DC's 4%. Yeah. Just yeah. No, I no don't know. Manly players. I, mean, no I could see why people would go, they want to get a gun half or they can't afford Cleary. And I had Cherry Evans in my team for about 18 seconds uh, <laughs> until I actually looked at his breakdown and then I took him straight out. But, I mean, yeah, I reckon uh, I reckon that'll do us for today, mate. And uh, obviously, hopefully it's not too long before we get to speak again. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Talk, thank talk you all for joining in, everybody. Yeah. and Yeah, yeah we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Love you guys.